The Chargers had big news on the first day of free agency, but it wasn't what we expected because star running back Austin Eckler has asked the team for a trade, but we don't necessarily think he's going anywhere. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. And we have news today, David. It was an eventful first day of free agency for the Chargers, but Definitely a shocking turn when Austin Eckler officially asked the team if he could go ask other teams if they'd be willing to trade for him. Very eerily similar to what happened with Melvin Gordon once upon a time. But hey, Austin Eckler has well outplayed that contract. Unfortunately, I don't know how much leverage he has. Then again, his backups right now are Josh Kelly and Isaiah Spiller. And we just don't really know what to think about those guys at this point in their careers. We also need to talk about the Chargers' biggest signing of day one. Easton's tick. No, just kidding. Eric Kendricks, the Chargers ended up finding a linebacker. Does that mean that they're not going to be able to re-sign Drew Tranquil? We're going to talk about that. But if it is a backup plan, they could have done a lot worse. And we'll see what that contract ends up looking like. And the other decision they made was deciding not to tender Donald Parham or Braden Fehoko. So we'll talk about what their future with the team means, because it doesn't necessarily mean that they won't be back in the fold in 2023. But David, Austin Eckler, news we weren't expecting Timing not coincidental, Adam Schefter this morning, Chargers running back Austin Eckward is requesting permission to speak with other teams about a potential trade after preliminary talks with the team aimed at a contract extension did not progress, his agent Cameron Weiss told ESPN. So, David, I mean, definitely not what we expected to see, but I guess when you look at it, not super surprising given his contract situation. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just not something that was in the forefront of your mind with the opening of free agency kind of dominating, you know, everything that's been going on in the NFL world. But it does make a lot of sense when you look at it just, you know, you know, just directly at the situation. Austin Eckler, the last couple of seasons, has been one of the most productive running backs in the NFL. And um, by all accounts, he has grossly overperformed his contract that he is on currently Daniel so for him to sit here and you know look at himself and say hey I've scored more touchdowns than anyone in the NFL over the last two seasons by far I deserve a new contract it's hard to fault the man for wanting to request a trade when those contract talks have not come to any type of fruition as of yet yeah, he's heading into the last season of a four-year, $24.5 million deal. I thought it was a great signing, and he definitely lived up to it. Yeah. And, you know, far exceeded it because he has been super productive. And, like, <laughs> it feels like there's a sentiment that the Chargers will be fine without Austin Eckler, and I just couldn't disagree more. I, I mean, I think that this dude is a fantastic player. He's easily their best yak guy. He's the most creative after the catch that the Chargers have. Did they rely on him too much? Sure. Did he get just too many dump offs in the flat? Definitely. Anyone can get dump offs in the flat. But he really has been the engine for this offense for a long time outside of Justin Herbert. And, I mean, it's hard to blame all of the Chargers rushing woes 
on Austin Eckler as well, because no matter what line he's had in front of him, the dude has three straight seasons over 4.4 yards per carry. So he's always found a way to be efficient, even if he didn't have as many rushing yards as you'd like in the second half of a 27 to zero, you know, blown lead. I get it. Yeah. There's so much more that goes into it. I, I think the good news, I mean, I see it from both sides though, David, because when you look at it, I mean, he is going to be 28 this season, right? So any contract extension is going to start during his tw- age 29 season. And you're starting to get into the alarm bells part of running backs and why a lot of running backs don't get third contracts. You also have to take into account that he has now 1,400 career touches. That's a lot of wear and tear on a body, especially for a dude who's a little bit smart, but he's been extremely healthy. Only one missed game over the last couple of seasons. That's super, super durable. I don't know, man. It, it's tough, but I see it from both sides because if you're the Chargers, are you going to pay an aging running back what he wants, which is potentially, you know, I don't know, $10 million a season plus? I'm not sure what he's asking for. Or do you just, hey, hey, you know, let's ride this out. Another thing is, too, is like, how little are you willing to take if you do trade him, right? Like, what's yeah. the least value you'd be willing to get back in compensation? Yeah, and I mean, you make up a great point as far as like, you know, if they're able to replace his production or, or he would not be a big loss. I completely disagree as well. I mean, it's just looking at the last two seasons alone, 410 carries, 826 yards, 177 receptions, 1,369 yards but also 270 plus touches each of the last two seasons. And we know at the running pack position, you are going to take an absolute pounding. Austin Eckler is not the biggest man in the world. He is in great physical condition. He always has been able to keep up. Um, but after a while, those touches are going to come back to bite you and haunt you. And whenever, you know, we're talking about running backs that are getting close to that age 30 area, it makes a lot of sense for the team from a business perspective to sit here and say, Hey, I don't know if I want to tie multiple years and a large amount of money into a running back that is approaching that age 30 area. It just doesn't make a lot of sense from a business perspective. So uh, I think the team is right to be able to say, Hey, uh, I have you under contract. I don't need to allow you to go seek uh, other trade trade partners. That is my prerogative. And as of right now, the Chargers have not allowed that permission. So right now, it, I mean, it's kind of one of those games of chicken, Daniel, and we'll, we'll kind of have to see who makes the, the next move. And I think a lot of it depends on what they could get back in compensation. No matter what, yeah. it's going to be hard to replace this production. Just because you get rid of Austin Eckler doesn't mean you're drafting Bijan Robinson around one at 21. Like it doesn't right. mean he's even going to be there, right? So, like, it's just another giant hole the Chargers would have to fill. It's hard to feel great about the options, which we'll talk about. But I do wonder what the, you know, compensation would be for Austin yeah. Eckler. Because, I mean, you're looking at trades. Jeff Wilson last year goes for a fifth-round pick. You have James Robinson last year, a conditional fifth-round pick. Matt Breda a couple of years ago fetched a fifth-round pick. Like, that's, you know, it feels like it would have to be more than a fifth-round pick. But you also have to factor in that whatever team takes him, is going to have to give him that contract extension that he wants more than likely. Then there's a Christian McCaffrey, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth round picks just for Christian McCaffrey is what the Panthers got for him. But he's just not held in that same esteem, and he's not a former first round pick. So when you see guys like Jalen Ramsey going for you know a third round pick and a bag of potato chips, basically, like yeah. it's hard to imagine what this is going to end up looking like. There's not a ton of context there. Either way, it, it hurts you in the upcoming season. I think if I had to put, you know. How I felt about it right now, I think the most likely scenario is he comes back and plays his final season because there's no way he can really just sit out the entire year. 
No, not at all. And I, I, I think just from a compensation standpoint, I think you're probably not looking comfortable at anything other than a third or fourth round pick as far as a trade is concerned. I don't think I would accept anything other than that. And honestly, I don't know if I would take a fourth round pick as opposed to having him this year in an important season of this yeah. kind of window. I don't know. Like it's hard yeah. to say because the fourth round running backs they've taken, like Josh Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, haven't worked out yet. No, you're absolutely right. And you know, just going back to your point is he can't sit out the entire season. And the reason for that is because if he me- misses a certain amount of games, then he's not going to get credit for an accrued season, Daniel. And if that Which happens, means he's still under contract. That yeah. means he's still under contract because his contract just tolls over to the next season and he's just stuck right where he, you know, supposedly doesn't want to be. So we know how this is going to eventually kind of end. Uh, it's either you know going to end with him on the football field playing disgruntled because you know he wants to get out somewhere or you know they're going to come to terms on a new contract i think the the former of those answers is probably the most likely scenario and we'll see what the interest level is because it's just so hard to think about a running back room that going into the draft is going to be josh kelly and isaiah spiller right yeah josh kelly just had his best season 4.2 yards per carry but first career three and a half yards per carry yeah. Isaiah Spiller only 18 carries last season, so it's just a total incomplete grade on that. Yeah. And was a healthy scratch for most of the season. He even got passed up by Larry Roundtree for part of the year last year because Larry Roundtree could play on special teams, you know, <laughs> and that's just like there's there's nothing, you know, we have no proof that it's working out with those guys, so it's hard to say what this running back group would look like even if you got a third-round pick for him, right? But yeah, I, I get it. He should be trying to capitalize after 38 total touchdowns. Absolutely. One of the top players as far as, you know, Total all-purpose yards. I mean, people who just want to point to the touchdowns, I think, is doing him a huge disservice uh, for what he has actually provided to this team, which has been an explosive offensive playmaker and had to carry a lot of the burden of the running game and just being able to create with short passes, right, and always needing to try to make somebody miss for the Chargers offense to work. Like, he has been a godsend, like I had said on Twitter. I mean, he has really, really been good. It's funny now it seems like people are kind of turning on him, but – I think you would be a really, really big loss for the Chargers. And another big loss for the Chargers could be Drew Tranquil, right? Because we did not see the Chargers end up giving him that contract before the legal tampering period. And now we know they have signed Eric Kendricks, which I don't think would be a bad replacement, David. I don't think Eric Kendricks is a bad backup plan, and we're going to tell you guys why. And it doesn't even necessarily totally exclude Drew Tranquil from coming back to the Chargers, but we're going to get into that. After this, first night, you tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is FanDuel. And right now, it's the midway point of the NBA season, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers right now get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on anything from the money line, point scorers, or even threes drained. If you want to get wacky with it, you could even go the three-by-two, guessing that a player is going to get two three-pointers in the first three minutes of a game, and they have even the same game parlay, which is one thing that sets them aside. Being able to make multiple bets and parlay them on the same game is a ton of fun, and it's just a great time to be betting on sports right now. You got the World Baseball Classic. You got March Madness coming up. NBA playoffs are coming up. Make sure you guys get in on the action, and don't miss your chance to get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, David, the Chargers, I didn't necessarily think we'd see them make any splash signings on the first day of free agency, unless it was one of their own players, right? If it would have been, you know, Drew Tranquil or, you know, Trey Pipkins. Trey Pipkins. 
Yeah, I definitely could have seen that. Both of those guys remain unsigned as we're recording this on Monday night, but we did see the Chargers go out quickly and get Eric Kendricks. And this was an interesting move, David, not one that I saw. We had heard they had reached out to Bobby Wagner. We knew they were kind of in the veteran, you know, linebacker market. Potentially, if they struck out on Drew Tranquil and they ended up with Eric Kendricks, who, like I said, yes, an aging guy, but I do think if this is plan B, it's not a bad plan B. No, it's not. It's not a bad plan B at all. I mean, just looking at the stats um, with Eric Kendricks, a very well-rounded player. I mean, he has six seasons with a run defensive grade over 64 and six seasons with a coverage grade over 64. So it's just he's a very, very well-rounded player. I think there's one aspect of his game that you can probably point to and say it's probably not the biggest of strengths is, you know, him as a pass rusher. I mean, he does have a five sack season in 2021, but just looking over the, you know, the course of his entire career, that's not one of his biggest calling cards. But you also know that the Chargers and Brandon Staley is all about those new relationships and all about those relationships. And new linebackers coach Jeff Howard actually spent seven seasons with the Vikings as an assistant on defense. And five of those were with Eric Kendrick. So a lot of familiarity there, especially in that room. So, um, I mean, definitely uh, an important tidbit to remember. I think that's a great call. And I think that connection is very valid in why this deal got done. And I think that had played a huge part in it, right? Uh, I'm Jeff Howard, the new linebackers coach, gets a guy that he's worked with before, right? Yeah. Knows exactly kind of what to expect from him. And when I watched Eric Hendricks, honestly, I was pretty surprised how well he played i mean i know there's a, a talk about his decline and obviously i haven't watched all of every one of his seasons sure. right but like had a really really good feel and stopping the run which i do think is the one most immediate way that he makes an impact and it can be an upgrade over drew tranquil like you can just see that when he's filling the run he knows exactly where to be he can shoot gaps and make plays in the backfield just has a very natural feel for that tackling and if you're machine. talking about tackling and you know being better than drew tranquil last year Drew Tranquil's missed tackle percentage was 15.3. And then you have Eric Kendricks at 9.7. And I think six out of the last seven seasons, he's been less than 9.7%. And as far as how many missed tackles he has each season or the percentage of missed tackles. And we, I mean, there's two things we know the Chargers need desperately. Be better in run defense. Be better at tackling. He brings both of those things, right? And I think the other thing, David, is we've kind of already seen the proof in the pudding, right? We saw the Chargers do this with Morgan Fox and Kyle Van Noy. Yep. And Bryce Callahan with these kind of mid-level, lower-level type of free agencies. And all those guys worked out swimmingly. I think he fits closer to kind of that realm of players this year when the Chargers are on a budget. I agree completely. I'm, I'm obviously very curious to see what the contract details are going to be right. on, on this deal, which, I mean, by you know all reports, you know, coming from Lindsay Theory, that it is a two-year deal. Uh, at least we do know that. I still want to know what the dollar amount is, but if it's something around, you know, two for 10, I, I think that's probably pretty decent value for a linebacker that's 31 years old and is a, you know, former first team all pro linebacker in this league. And that was only, you know, about four seasons ago. So obviously he's on the wrong side of 30, but uh, I still think there's some productive football in there. And I think the systems have a lot of familiarity as well, as far as, you know, the system that was ran in 
the you know Minnesota with the Vikings and the system he's going to be running here with the Chargers. So I don't think there's going to be a huge learning curve there. Um, I feel like this is a guy that is definitely going to make an impact as a run defender. He is a tackling machine. He's a guy that seems to be in the right place at the right time. And, uh, you know, as a two-year deal to bring in a veteran to that linebacker group where there's kind of a lot of uncertainty right now, I think that's a good move. Yeah, and I think the one thing you could point to as far as a definite downturn was the probably his you know coverage rate and pro football focus shows a very, very bad coverage defender. Yeah. Something he's been very good at, though, for most of his career. And when you're watching him, you can see him kind of recognize the patterns and recognize the routes that are going out there. I mean, he is very, very high football IQ guy is one of the feels I got away from him. And I think that's where that experience kind of pays off. But this is from Luke, Vo- Luke Braun from the Locked On Vikings podcast, who was nice enough to kind of give us a little breakdown of why he thinks Eric Hendricks had those struggles last year and why he wouldn't be worried about it. So he said, so basically, if you could execute a five-step drop in a skinny post, he'd be late to break on it every time because he switched defenses from Mike Zimmer, who he had his entire career up until last year, and then Ed Donatel, Brandon Staley's friend, came in. And he was late to break on it every time just by virtue of having to move his eyes back and forth. People saw him late to the ball and assumed he was slow, but he was just leaving later and the coaches got run out of town over this. Vikings cut him to save money and because they have another young linebacker that they're excited about and Brian Asamoah, but he's primed for a bounce back season. Be hyped. I trust Luke Braun's knowledge explicitly. If yes. he says that, I mean, I'm going to take his word for it. And we just saw some guys have big bounce back seasons. I do think, yes, it's risky. He's 31. There are some downsides and maybe some decline in his game. But as far as what this option is and maybe how much the price is going to be, I like it a lot. At the same time, David, it more than likely means an up-and-coming guy who is in your system just playing it exceptionally well is probably on the move in Drew Tranquil. Yeah, I mean, we've heard some reports out there that the Chargers did try to get a contract, um, you know, a you know a contract extension done with Drew Tranquil before the tampering period started. Uh, obviously, we know that that did not uh, actually end up happening which is unfortunate because I think Drew Tranquil is the younger player, obviously, you know, significantly and seems like a guy that's really just starting to hit his stride at the NFL level. I mean, last year, everything really seemed like it came together. He was a more complete run defender. We always knew he had coverage skills because he was a converted safety, a guy that was really a fantastic blitzer. And I mean, just a, a difference maker in that Avenue, which, you know, obviously with the chargers being one of the worst pass rushers in the league, taking that element out of it, you know, just imagine what that would look like. He was productive almost uh, any with anything that you asked him to do. So, I mean, obviously this doesn't automatically close the door or shut the door on the chargers, you know, figuring out a way to bring drew tranquil back into the full daniel but it does seem extremely unlikely just given the fact that we know that the chargers don't really value the linebacker position the same way and you know just you know given the uh different contracts that have been out there for the linebackers that have signed looks like this anywhere from seven to ten million dollars per annum or per year for those contracts and so i mean drew tranquil is probably looking to get more money and it doesn't seem like it's going to be with the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say seven to ten million for all of them. It seems like there's pretty a pretty big divide. It seems like the top guys in the class, the Tremaine Edmonds of the world, right, and guys of that nature, those guys are getting between ten and sixteen million dollars yeah. per season, right? And then there's other guys, the Alex Singletons of the world, the Quincy Williams of the world, that are more around six million. And yeah. it feels like if it was going to be six million, that's something the Chargers could have potentially worked out. 
Maybe yeah. Drew Tranquil thought his market would be stronger. Seems like the Chargers moved pretty quickly to plan B if that is the case. I mean, I'd love to, you know, think, hey, maybe this is a Kenneth Murray improvement, right? And not a Drew Tranquil replacement. That's a great thought. I just, I don't see it. I, I mean, I think that, you know, that would make a major difference on the Chargers oh, yeah. defense, but they're still strapped for cash. I mean, they're still not going to be making a lot of moves. And the way they've treated linebackers, it's hard for me to believe that they're going to go out and sign two free agents in the same season like that. I mean, and spend, you know, potentially, you know, over $5 million on each of them, depending on what this end up, ends up being with Eric Hendricks. It's just hard to see. And yeah. for those reasons, it seems like he's a Drew Tranquil replacement. But Drew Tranquil hasn't signed yet. So, I mean, we'll be back to talk about that when he does go elsewhere, potentially. But at the same time, David, there were a couple of other kind of hard pills to swallow as far as who is going to be back and not back with the Chargers. And the Chargers decided not to tender Donald Parham and Brayden Fajoko. So we're going to get into what that means because both guys were restricted free agents. Now they're really not. And then the Chargers also made the decision to bring back Easton Stick. Does that mean we get to say goodbye to three roster quarterbacks? Can they just be good with two now? We'll get into it, but I do need to tell you guys about the best free agent out there. I'm talking about Bilt Bars, the best free agent. If you haven't tried Bilt Bar, if you've already brought Bilt Bar in, I mean, I'm sure they have out, you know, played their contract by a lot because they are my favorite protein bar. And to me, it starts with the flavors. And right now, guys, I've told you about cookies and cream and churro, brownie batter, now they have white chocolate cookies and cream. And I like chocolate fine. I love white chocolate. White chocolate cookies and cream built bar is going to be a game changer for me. I'm very, very excited about it. And the thing about built bar is it tastes great. It's 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. And it also fits on your diet. So you can, you know, take a break from the broccoli and rice and have something that tastes like a candy bar while still fitting on your diet. Most bars have only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Most bars are extremely low carb as well and can even be on keto diets and things like that. It will fit on your diet and it's going to taste great most importantly and sometimes you just need something that tastes good. Right now you can even find them at Walmart or Sam's Club. Very widely available. Pick up a four bar box. Pick up a 13 bar box and I guarantee you'll find the flavor that you love. Or you can go to BuiltBar.com since you listen to this show and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order. Well, David, of course, you know, maybe there's a locked on Chargers curse or something because we get Brayden Fajoko on the show and immediately after the Chargers. And I mean, he's a restricted free agent. So I thought it was pretty clear that he'd be back in the mix. But yeah, being a restricted free agent means you're going to make a certain amount of money no matter what. And that's the biggest thing. And I think the reason why the Chargers decided not to tender Donna Parham and Brayden Fajoko. So this is how the restricted free agents work. Basically, the lowest tender you can put on one of these guys is a right of first refusal, which means you have a chance to match any contract that player goes out there and potentially signs with another team. Or if nobody tries to sign them to that offer sheet, you get them for $2.6 million. The Chargers decided not to put that that tender on either of these players. They weren't willing to just sign off on $2.7, $2.6 million in 2023, which is what that tender is this season. But still, David, I mean, it is, you know, like Brain Fajoko, right? Like a guy who has really done it the hard way, a, a guy that I was really impressed with his run defense last year, and a position, right, that I have big questions about the injuries to Austin Johnson and Tito Abonia. He now gets to go test his market. As far as the person go, I'm hoping he finds a situation where he can go get his bag. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean he won't be back with the Chargers or that there's not a potential for a reunion. 
Absolutely not. Yeah, there's still that that opportunity there. At least this just allows Braden to go out there and try to get a new deal done with a new team. Uh, and if that doesn't happen, then he can try to come back with the Chargers, try to get a deal done where he's comfortable, where he's familiar, where the team knows him and knows what they're going to get with his play, which is a guy who did a lot of the dirty work, uh, a guy that really plugged up a lot of double teams for you and was a guy that was ascending whenever he got yeah. playing time. It feels like he made the most of it. And just also a guy that had to work a lot for his opportunities and didn't really didn't feel like to me got enough of those opportunities to yeah. show what he could do because when he did get on the field, he was a guy that was making a positive impact for your defense. Yeah. I mean, I think he was one of the better, if not the best run defender they had last year. Austin Johnson was really good before he got hurt. Yeah. Sebastian Joseph has always been good against the run, but this man sacrificed, you know, the flashy statistics to be mm -hmm. up front, be a dirty dude and yeah. just be there, you know, clogging up holes and stopping Nick Foles on fourth and one against the Colts on, you know, a, big time part of that game like yes. he did a lot of things he didn't get credit for i would love to see him back in the fold i think the chargers get worse in run defense at that position specifically without him didn't yeah. bring much to the table as far as pass rush protection obviously didn't have a sack in the you know couple of seasons he's been with the chargers but another guy that i feel like you've seen incredible growth when he's gotten on the field he's made the most out of his opportunities donald parham on the other hand has seen time on the field but still feels like it never really you know, it ne he's never kind of broken out. He's never had that breakout season. Feels like they've never really been able to get him up to the potential that somebody has when they're six foot eight, run a four six right at tight end. But Ian Rappaport reported the Charger not expected to tender Donald Parham as a restricted free agent. As source said, the two sides had talked but could not agree on terms to an extension. So we do need though they tried to get an extension done. Daniel Popper was the one who reported that they're not expected to uh, tender Braden Fajoko. So, like, we're getting these out, and so the Chargers weren't willing to put $2.6 million on either of these guys. But the tight end room, David, is kind of like the defensive tackle room. There's not a lot there. You have Trey McKitty, you have Gerald Everett, who just sent everyone bonkers by just saying blessed on Twitter, and then it's just like the whole world came crumbling down. But it is interesting that the Chargers now, you know, might lose out on Donald Parham, which is one of those guys that feels like, you're like ah, he's getting away kind of thing, but still has never really kind of found his stride here. Yeah, I mean, for Donald Parham is a guy that just, you know, the potential is obvious. You see it right in front of you. But that potential is just a beautiful thing until you actually see it come to fruition on the football field. We saw flashes. We saw glimpses of what he is, what he's capable of doing. But he was never really able, at least up to this point, to be able to put it all together at, for the, uh, you know, for the Chargers at tight end. So for Donald Parham, he's a guy that, I want to see succeed. You know, you feel like he has all the skills and all the ability to succeed, but has never been able to actually do it. So yeah. we'll see what happens with that. But for Donald Parham and for this tight end room, some things are definitely going to change. They have to add some bodies to that room. It is definitely looking very barren. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't see them cutting Gerald ever right now. I mean, we'll see how it progresses. Yeah. Hey, Maybe they really want Dalton Schultz, right? Maybe we totally underestimated hey, how hard maybe. they would try to make a push for him. I still don't think they can afford him, but it would be a guy that, you know, fits a big need, you know, especially with the tight end situation, minus Donald Parham, who was probably their best blocking tight end last year and really made incredible strides in that regard, something that's super impressive. But yeah. 40 catches over three seasons is just not something. It's just not enough. And the other thing is, too, just 
14 missed games over the last two seasons. Some of that's not his fault, right? He got right. hurt. He had a freakish injury in 2021 last year, back-to-back hamstring injuries that you had to wonder how that was kind of treated on his way back into the lineup. It's just a lot. But, like, how many times can you keep putting something on that? This year, the Chargers wanted to work out an extension, but at the same time weren't willing to put a $2.7 million tender on him. So, like, Well, it kind of reminds me of Ladarius Green. You remember Ladarius 100%. Green, Daniel? It's just a, a tight end that had all the potential in the world but was never able to show that potential or realize that potential on the field. So that's what yeah. kind of gives me that feeling with Donald Parham. And he was quickly snatched up by the Pittsburgh Steelers when he became available. So it's going to yeah. be very interesting to see. Uh, you know, he definitely could come back there. He would have a great quarterback to come back to. He would have a new offensive scheme to be like, okay, maybe this is, you know, how I can have one good season and find out what my market is after that. Not coming off of a 10 catch season, which is what right. he had last season. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's hard to say. The last thing I want to get to real quick, the first signing, the only internal free agent, the Chargers brought back on the first Monday of free agency it was a quarterback signing Easton stick. Oh, yeah, no, well, I mean, uh, not I that we, extension. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I, I guess it's not super surprising. The Chargers have been, you know, they kept him on the roster last year, even when they had Chase Daniel, who was obviously that veteran to come in and, and manage games if you needed him to. Yeah, they must be, you know, they're definitely showing faith in Easton Sticks progression. They're not going after Cooper Rush, it looks like, right? That's another thing, another tie to Kellen Moore. Uh, but I, my biggest thing is like, okay, does this mean you could just have two quarterbacks on the roster now, right? Do we have to keep three on game day on the roster? Or can we feel good about, hey, you don't have to keep Chase Daniel and Easton Stick and Justin Herbert now. You must feel good about enough about Easton Stick for him to be coming back on this resigning. Well, you gave him $1.8 million, so that seems to me that he's the backup quarterback. So I don't feel like there's absolutely any reason to see the Chargers roster three quarterbacks barring any kind of injury to Justin Herbert for any kind of you know significant time in the future. I don't want to see it. It's just bad roster management, in my opinion. There are other players that deserve the attention to detail with the depth that we have not seen in previous seasons. So yeah. no more three quarterbacks. Give it to him. Let him be the backup and let it be done with it. And the Chase Daniel thing made more sense because they were going to Joe Lombardi's offense and the quarterbacks coach they had was from the Kyle Shanahan office right, right. offense, right? So he couldn't necessarily be that mentor in that way as far as I have a comfort level in that system. Between Kellen Moore and Doug Neusmeyer, you shouldn't need a backup quarterback that's going to be teaching Justin Herbert as he's going into exactly. year four. Yep. You, you don't, he doesn't need that sage advice, I don't think, right? And I mean, I think Easton Six is the kind of guy. I mean, if Justin Herbert gets screwed, pretty much no matter who come, or gets hurt, you're pretty much screwed regardless, right? No matter Period. who comes in because it's just such a substantial drop-off and the Chargers roster can't really withstand that. Most rosters can't. At the same time, Easton Stick still seems like that guy, and we'll see him in the preseason. It's always been really, really an up-and-down affair. Definitely hasn't shown he can be a game manager. We'll see if that part of his game grows, but does feel like a game. Hey, if he has to start for three games, it feels like there's going to be one of those games where he turns into like Johnny Manziel. And, I mean, you know, hey, he was incredible in college, so there yeah, is yeah. definitely that potential there. Sure, but I mean, the last time we saw him, he was looking. If there was a competition between him and Chase Daniel last year, he would have easily lost that competition. Yeah. So I think that's the part that gives you some reservations, but you're screwed if Justin Herbert goes out either way. So he could be a potential fun backup for a game if they just need him to go out there, run like crazy. You know, probably throws for like 115 passing yards and runs for 98 rushing yards. You know, and the Chargers could, 
if they wanted or could win that game would win like you know 17 to 14 or something like that <laughs> maybe he can win you that game i mean I'm, i wouldn't have had a ton of faith even if it was chase daniel who had to come in and start right the chargers last season right but understand the move maybe that means there'll be some kind of different roster kind of construction around that now that they feel like he's good enough to be potentially the primary backup or getting that primary backup kind of money behind Justin Herbert. That better not be QB three money. Right. I think is what you're kind of saying. It better not be. And we'll see. Cause you know, they'll probably throw a six round pick at a quarterback and then he'll be the, the third guy that's taking up a spot on game day. Right. Stop Daniel. Stop. Please. <laughs> it's just hard to imagine, but this was day one. Lots of craziness. Thank you guys for checking out today's show as always. And make sure you're back here tomorrow with all of the latest news. Hopefully we get some news, maybe on Trey Pipkins coming back to the chargers and i want to see anything else maybe they can get something reasonable done there morgan fox is still out there so there's a lot that could happen tomorrow and we'll be back with you guys to break it all down or just to even just say where everything is kind of at, at that point but to make sure that you don't miss it go subscribe to the lockdown chargers youtube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from we also post a show every day to all of our social media you can find me on twitter at dan talk sports and david drogmeyer on twitter at Dro talk sd as well as the show's page at lockdown lac you can find us at Locked On Chargers on Instagram and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page as well. We really appreciate you guys checking out the show as always and making us your first listen. If you need a second listen, it's almost draft season. Make sure to check out the Locked On NFL Draft Show with the best hosts out there, Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson, who are going to tell you which undrafted or which kind of under the radar guys your team should be going after, finding that sleeper, finding that hidden gem for your team to make or break the draft and make sure you can find that anywhere you get your podcast from, just like you can find this one. But thank you guys again. We'll be back tomorrow with all of the latest Chargers news as free agency continues to unfold. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.